Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Shop all things Jerry Johnson at therealcherry.com. Hey, and welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. I am Cherry Johnson, and that is my co-host, Mr. Courtney Blackman. Wink at him, Courtney. <laughs> I'm messing with Courtney today. So I'm so excited, ladies. This show is for you. There is nothing more sexy than a beautiful black man from the South. Something about him is just so charming. Today we have Mr. Adrian Lockett in the house. You might know him from The Oval or from the TV documentary Fatal Attraction, Murder Chooses Me, Homicide Hunter, Tales from the Hood, Murder Calls. You know what? I see a theme going on. We kind of have to ask Mr. Adrian what this is all about. Stay tuned. See you the only podcast coming through your beat stereo is Cherry's World, so let's go around like a merry-go. Plug your phone in, make sure it got a full battery. Download it Wednesday, listen to it Saturday. She cover all topics, whatever you after. She got ball players, authors, doctors, actors, rappers, singers, entrepreneurs, divas, leaders, androids or Apple. Turn up your speakers. Trying to shoot my shot like the vaccine, whether it's Cherry or Maxine, whether the podcast or acting, she that queen. Pyt. You know what that means. Saw you on TV and touched the screen. Touch on you. I plead Lucy has got a crush on you. It'll mean the world to get a blush from you. Teaspoon to me, leave you sleep like Robitussin do. Talking to you, I got to learn to choose. You from the country. I am Alabama, born and raised. Roll tide. Roll tide. You know what to say. <laughs> you know what to say. My, my big my big brother. We call him my big brother. We call him Big Dog. He's from um, Alabama. Okay, okay. What part? You know? Uh, I think it's close to Tuscaloosa. It's a little town outside Tuscaloosa. Little, very small town. 
Okay, okay, okay. That's what's up. Is that where you still live now? No, I live in Dallas. Oh, well, that's the country. You went, you went from one country? country no. <laughs> no? Not like no. Alabama country. <laughs> Ladies, what I want you to know, this show is definitely for you. One of the first things he said to me was, oh, that's good to know that I'm going to be on camera. That way I don't have on my, what did you say? My country clothes, my, my steel toe boots and my, and I managed to get the top half, so. <laughs> He is a working man. He owns tools, ladies. That's sexy. Man, let me show y'all. Look, I've been so busy. Hey. There's nothing I've wrong. Been busy today, man. I've been so busy. What were you out there busy doing today? Cutting grass, moving stuff in and out. Uh, I had some landscaping stuff I had to do, and I was trying to, I kept looking at the clock, like trying to beat it, trying to beat it, trying to beat it. And uh, I just finished up like 30 minutes ago. I love that. Men men don't do that kind of stuff anymore. So women find that kind of stuff sexy. I just want you to know. So mm-hmm. being a young man in Alabama, mm-hmm. how did you decide that you wanted to be on TV? Uh, well, we, we started, when I was in elementary school, we used to have those, uh, have the plays and everybody used to, used to get out like uh, during a certain period to come and watch the plays. So I knew that that put everybody in the school's attention right where I was. So, and I wanted the attention, but um, I wasn't a comedian or anything like that. So I felt like that was the closest thing I could get to being on TV then because being from a small country, we had like three red lights. So being um, from a small place with not too many people with dreams, live it or come from it belittles your mind so you think like i there's no way possible i can be on tv there's no way because i've never seen somebody go on and do it before me you know so it was like stop right there it's never gonna happen you know that's that's the mentality so i had to develop another dream and put that dream on the back burner because it just seems like it couldn't be done um my first love was football Uh, i went to college played football but it takes a lot out of, out of you playing football. And when you don't have the financial assistance and the financial and family stability behind you, it's hard to continue through college. So that's why I left that out and went in the military. So um, I used to always just, you know, just in the back of my mind, I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. How hell am I going to do this, you know? And um, it didn't dawn on me till later on in life that life is only getting shorter, you know? Every day we live longer, it's getting shorter, you know? So if I'm going to spend time working for somebody else and making somebody else's dream come true, I might as well go and make the mistakes and figure out what it takes to make mine come true. And that's when I laid it out on the line and let go. And I just, I asked God for guidance and, and uh, to help lead me. And I, I haven't looked back since then. You know, what, uh, <clears throat> one of the things you played you played uh, or did some kind of casting where you were in, in prison. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's something that, uh, tell me what that experience is like. It's just certain that I think Cherry was explaining to me about uh, uh, life, life um, imitating art or art imitating life. Do you believe in that? Because like, it, it, that's that's a place that I don't want to go at for play or for, you know what I mean? And so like, like how, how was that for you? 
playing a role like that? Well, first off, I can't say that that particular film, there were actual inmates on site. So Rude. he how enlightened or surprised and it made their day to see regular people who were free made me dial back into life. It's like, dang, I'm glad I didn't end up here because like they literally seem like they may as well, nothing against homeless people, but they may as well be a homeless person uh, who can't do anything. You got to ask for everything and you ain't going to get nothing. They ain't giving you nothing, you know? Right. Uh, they can pass out an hour through the daytime and um, when they see, uh, like, for instance, Tori Hart, she was on say when they see somebody uh, who's a nice looking woman and stuff like that, like, they're blue, but they, it's, it's people in there that still want to be respectable, you know, so it's got, and they'll sit there and tell us, they'll, they'll be like, you know, I'm like, I, I look, but I don't look too long because I don't want to make nobody uncomfortable. Right. And it really makes you think in the inside, like, I'm glad that I made good decisions through life that didn't make me a part of their situation, you know? Exactly. So it was, it was one of those things, man, that just make you think, you know? Yeah, yeah. You just wake up every day and hear, especially when you got dreams or, you know, if you got kids or whatever, like you ain't got nobody in there, you know? And nice. yeah, it's, it's so I took the mentality that I got from them and I put it into the road, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I, I ain't got nobody, my back against the wall, you know? Um, I, I, I got beef in here, so. I got to handle that, you know, and, and there, there, it, I took the mentality like there's no getting out, you know, so I took that to my character and I just, I just. What, what movie was that again? It's called Super Turn. Super Turn, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually hadn't released yet. Uh, I actually think we're getting ready to release it in August, I believe. We're going to do a premiere party in Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, and L.A. That's amazing. You know what I like about your career and yourself? A lot of people think, oh, I'll never make it unless I move to L.A. Mm. You haven't taken that approach. You know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just going to say why. What, what uh, made you no. have to do that? Um, that's that story. So, like I said, from being from Alabama, I, I quit my job and my thing was to figure this out. So I was making great money, but I figured it out while I was working, while I had um, the financial backing. I started my career in acting because um, I know I needed it to figure out how to become an actor. So like, like the agencies that ask for money, I was like, cool, here you go, boom, boom, boom. Let me get you out of the way so I can figure out you don't work for me, you know? So go back to work, work 12 and 16 hours, boom, boom, boom. The next time, Y'all don't work either, you know, and I kept going until I found a way. So um, when when I figured out I didn't have to be in Atlanta, uh, L.A. and Louisiana, I was really I really felt like God was doing whatever he wanted to do with me then, because I would literally drive. I had to lie. I know that. God forgive me. I had to lie and tell these people that I was in Atlanta. I had to lie and tell them I was in Louisiana. I had to lie and tell them I was in LA because they would not hire me. You wasn't lying. You were acting. <laughs> true, true, true. But um, if, if they know that you're not in the city that they're uh, casting in, a lot of time, a lot of the times they won't hire you. Um, and like now they'll ask you to work as a local if they know you're not local, you know. Um, but then it was like, and I had to start out as a background extra, so they really wasn't doing nothing with an extra that 
wasn't in the city because they got people that live 15 minutes away that wasn't coming. You know what I'm saying? And I'm literally picking up driving 12, 15, 16 hours uh, just to go be an extra so I can figure out how this thing is going to go, you know? Um, and after I figured out how 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 um, to be a background extra and I, my, my thing was, I was inquisitive about the whole thing. I said, I wanted to uh, work only only submitted for the shows with the major actors because they have made success for a reason, you know? So if I go on set and I watch those and the military taught me to pay strict, strict attention to detail. So while everybody else was goofing off doing anything, I was goofing off doing my thing, watching Kevin Hart, watching uh, Terrence Howard, watching Tyler Perry, you know? Um, and one day, I think I did like four background extra movies or, or four or five. But after that fifth one, I was like, I don't want to do it no more. I figured it out, you know, and I desired to be in front of the camera. So that's another story I won't talk too long because I don't want y'all, you know, to take over the show. We want to hear it. That's that's what Cherry's World is about. We want to know okay. the journey. Okay, okay. So um, so I had done as much homework as I possibly could on being an actor. Uh, it's, it's one of those things you got to want. You know, you can't just wake up and say, well, I want to do this today and think it's going to happen for you. Of course, you know that. So it's one of those things you got to study. So I studied, 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 figured it out. So I figured out the close, uh, the closest you can get to speaking without being, uh, without, uh, without speaking is to be a, fe a featured extra, you know? Mm -hmm. So I only submitted for featured extra roles, but my mentality through the whole thing was I'm going to take a shot. Like I'm going to watch them rehearse, you know, because you know, they got it on paper, but until they rehearse it, they don't, they don't know what they want, you know? So they rehearsed it four times. This was uh, this was actually a movie, uh, Man Down, Shia LaBeouf, and Tori Kills, and uh, Jay Courtney. And, um, amazing movie. It is an amazing movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I um, submitted to be a, a soldier, a Marine soldier with Shia LaBeouf graduating from basic training. And um, I watched them rehearse four times. So he said it. The same uh, three out of four times. Tori Kittle said this part the same three out of four times. So I said, I bet he's going to say it like the three times that he's already said it. And he had a long pause where he was delivering the dialogue and uh, the, excuse me, the monologue. And um, when that pause came after the first action, I blurted it out. But I had paid attention to be able to speak on what the situation was so that it was important enough for them to keep it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Everybody laughed, so it went perfect, you know. Um, I think he said the Marines are some of the dirtiest, filthiest, and then he paused, and then I said, kind of like Roberts, huh? And in the military, that's really what they do. Like, they always yeah. try to think in a serious moment. So uh, everybody laughed, and then he looked at me, and I also, you know, like I said, doing my homework, as a professional actor, you're taught never to break your character until the director yells. Okay. Exactly. So... Tori Kittles gave me that look like, you know, damn, what you weren't supposed to say it, you know? But then he was like, all right, settle down, settle down. And he went right back into his uh, monologue. So I was, my heart was beating like a thousand miles a minute. And I seen Shia LaBeouf coming over and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to fight this dude. Because he's serious about his work. Shia LaBeouf is, um, I give him the credit. Um, he's an amazing actor and he's really, really serious about his characters and how uh, he brings himself to the table. So when he came over, he he said, uh, um, what do you say? 
Oh, he said, uh, so you've been in the military, right? And I was like, yeah. And then I said, I was in the army. And then uh, he said, so uh, that's normally how, like, how y'all do, like, they have holes and everything be serious. And then somebody, you know, it's like a fun time. And then I said, man, that's exactly how I go. I said, it felt so natural. I just said it. And he was like, okay, cool. He was like, if anybody else say anything to you, you come and get me. You know what I'm saying? He was like, say it again the next take. And I was like, like, in the inside, I was jumping up and down, like, hollering. But on the outside, I was just like, yeah, you know, there, you know, just chilling. And um, took a chance that everybody can't take. And that's what acting is totally about. It could have been you got fired. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I was willing to take that chance because I had a full time job to fall back on at that moment. You know, so I went in with the with the with the mentality that either they gonna fire me, I'm gonna get this. And I can go back to my, I mean, excuse me, either they're going to fire me and I can go back to my job or they're going to keep it and I can join a union and become, be recognized as a professional actor. Right. Know? Because once you, once you get a speaking part, that's when, um, that's when yeah. you, yeah. So that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And sad move. And a sad move. Yeah. Smart. So man, smart. after that, on the background up and man, I've been, that's been, that was 2015, I believe. So um, ever since 2015, I, I hadn't been in the background, you know. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, man. And I love the fact that you said you have a job because what happens is a lot of actors become SAG eligible and then can't even pay the SAG dues. Exactly. Exactly. And that's another thing, like uh, understanding acting and uh, wanting to move forward. I knew that my job was going to be my resource until I didn't need it as a resource anymore. And hey, you're a confident brother, but uh, from one brother to another, we, uh, you got the gap in your mouth just like me. Pause, you know. Hey, uh, yeah, that's confidence. Yeah, you're confident with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I've been ashamed. Cherry, you don't know the story, but I've been ashamed of my gap since 1992 because, really? of, Do- because of Dr. Dre. Man, you had Uncle Luke, man. I, ha- I used to have a gap, but I had braces. My mom made yeah, me get that. I-, I was supposed to get braces, but I never cared about it. But then when Dr. Dre came at Luke about the gap tooth, I've been like so, I've been like embarrassed about my gap. Every ever since Dre, ever since Dre. Yeah. But- what did he say about Luke and his gap? I missed it. That's what I'm saying. I said he got Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke was representing for the people with the gap. I was going to say, know. but it ain't never stopped Uncle Luke from pulling I- a I know oh, what yeah. I'm saying, but when yeah. what, what, what Dre said, it messed me up as a kid. And I've always been ashamed of it since I was 12. You know, I won't, I won't go too deep because, you know, there's certain things that Courtney doesn't allow me to say. And I don't want to be disrespectful to your situation. But um, some women think gaps are sexy. We can find them useful. I'll just mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know, and uh, <laughs> that's cool. But that, that, but what he said, but he said, but Dre said something else about it, and that messed me up. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what I'm talking know. about. You don't know talking about Adrian. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know well, what he said. Right? Let, no, because this is going to end up being a soundbite, just like it was when I didn't know what WAP meant, <laughs> and everybody made fun. He, Courtney does these things, and they make fun of me publicly. I won't, I won't use it on the show, but he said, "Gap, gap teeth in your mouth, so my dick's got to fit." And ever since then, I was just like, yeah, I've been so ashamed of it. Ever since then, I just, I, if somebody say that to me, I'm like ready to snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. guess the Cardi B came over me because I was thinking, got tooth in your mouth, so my kid got to fit. So, hey, me and, you know, me and Dre was on the same. Right, right, you know, right. Thing, I was trying not to be ignorant. 
I must have got that Dr. Dre vibe because that's what I was thinking. Hey, that's what's up. But that's good, man. You confident with it, man. And that's dope, man. I, w- I wish I was confident with it because I'm not. Well, man, my, my whole thing is it's not a lot of people with the confidence and um, and uh, the body structure, character, and demeanor that, to carry it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, feel like, I don't feel like there's nobody else. Like, I just don't. Um, but speaking on the Uncle Luke deal, um, I met Uncle Luke down in um, Miami at uh, American Airlines. I think it's American Airlines Center um, for a big three tournament. I didn't go down there to meet him, but I was in the players' lounge and we ended up taking a picture together. And because um, I wanted to send it to my mom, because I remember back then they used to just be crazy about Luke when he came on the radio. Uh, I was a kid then, so we took a picture. Like I said, y'all look like father and son. So <laughs> you know, so he seen it and he was like, "Oh shit!" He was like, "Yeah, somebody get my phone, take it again." You know, he's like, "Who's your mama?" And we must say, "Who your mama?" <laughs> <laughs> Who's your mama? Nah, he told me that he asked me on. Um, where I was from, and then he asked me how old I was, and then he was like, uh, he was like, you know, he was like, I, I was up and down through that around that time, you know. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, um, he was like, all jokes aside, though, I want you to play me in the movie, and I'm, I'm looking like he don't know I'm an actor, or nothing like that. He just, we just met, you know. So, wow. and I'm, well, you know. So um, he was like, I'm about to, I'm about to mess some stuff up, you know, not in those words, but I'm about to mess some stuff up. So. Uh, he posted a picture of me and him on Instagram, and the story behind it was they had already told somebody to play him without him having a word in it. Right. So oh. he told me face to face that he wanted me to play him. I don't know what's going on with the movie, but that would have been it for me. You know, <laughs> that would have been it. Wow. I read the they gave me the book and everything, man. The book of Luke, I don't know if y'all can see it, but I went and read the book, man, and I've uh, the book of Luke. Oh, it's an amazing story, man. And, and the world needs to hear his story, man, because all of this stuff today that we enjoy and that they had to they have no idea, you know. Right. He started and, all of it. Yeah. No disrespect to NWA, uh, NWA, no disrespect to the new edition story. But uh, they went through all of that stuff and they had somebody to go fight to make it as to where. Later on, now you got all of these dudes. You got Migos for today, for example. You know, they can do that because of Luke. They can say what they want to say. They can act out how they want. The WAP song. There's no WAP without Luke. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. The rental advisory. Exactly. We, had them on, we had them on the show last, was it last year, Cherry? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with the movie, but it would have been uh, great to bring that character to life. I'm just going to pray on it and let God, you know, situate things the way he Things necessary. I might be able to put in a phone call or two about that. You know what I'm saying? Me and your daddy friends. Hey, we need it to happen. <laughs> we need it to happen. The world need it. The world need it because there's a lot of educated people when it comes to um, the, the, the music scene and how it derived, you know, how it took off from Run DMC down to the Miami base, you know, um, all of that music and then back out west with Dr. Dre and them and, you know, there's a story to be told. Absolutely. So if you could tell, I'm sorry, Courtney, if no, you could tell any story that you want to as an actor, or maybe you're thinking about producing and writing, what kind of story would it be? I, I'm, I'm definitely into um, a trafficking movie. Like human trafficking. Well, I ain't going to say human trafficking. Women trafficking. We might be able to make that happen. Yeah, well, it's good. I'm with it. So I see my character as uh, the Will Smith type, 
the bad boy tape. And, um, you know, Will Smith needs his roses while he's living. Love Will Smith. Actually got an audition for a movie right now uh, with him in it. So I'm going to pray on that as well. Um, but um, the Will Smith bad boy tape, you know, so, but um, he doesn't, we'll talk about it offline. But it's, yeah, it's a great. We will because I actually have something in the works. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, 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 so I got to ask this for all the internet marks out there. So you have an this success in Hollywood. Have you had a meeting with the Illuminati yet? Have the Illuminati talked to them? Nah, man. If I, if I don't, if I don't, I ain't gonna say if I don't make it there. I'll make it there on my own with God. I ain't into all that, you know, other stuff. I mean, I see some stuff in my inbox and all that stuff. But I... <laughs> the Illuminati um, inviting people in Instagram can't be real. I just want to say, like, I'm fucking offended, okay? Because I only heard about the Illuminati on the internet and, like, Instagram. They ain't yeah. never sent me no invitation. I've been in the business for 37 years. Yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Anything. How come I don't even get to deny it, though? Like, don't you get an opportunity to say no? So, wait a minute. you telling me you guys never drink any blood or anything to get to your success in life? You actually worked hard at it. The Illuminati didn't help you guys. I'm not, I'm not saying there ain't no Illuminati, right? But what I'm saying is they ain't black. Mm-hmm. I agree. They probably own the banks. You I know, know there's that, people that really believe that the only way black people can have success is if they sell their souls or all this yeah. voodoo shit. I mean, it's just crazy. I have man. my own theories about that. I think those are the people who don't believe yeah. That their life can ever change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not that they don't want it to change, mm-hmm. but they don't believe, so they don't put forth the effort, and it makes them feel better to be like, "Man, I always want to be a rapper, but I ain't because I ain't killing babies and eating them." Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and they're usually miserable people that just it, it's it's people it's people that 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 want it, but don't have the work ethic to match it. You know, so. Right. Yeah. Like, like people don't understand, you know, I'm producing a film right now while we're doing your interview. So you might see me looking down because I'm actually trying to work two jobs at the same time. Mm-hmm. They think it's supposed to be like a nine to five. If you've got a nine to five uh, mentality, you ain't never going to be in entertainment. Yeah. I was up till five o'clock this morning. My crew shot 17 hours yesterday. Yeah. And they shot 17 hours the day before. Yeah. Yeah. And the back at work now shooting. Yeah, let me tell you something. Something to go with that. Um, we just finished a movie called Bit for Love, and it was a lot of people. Um, first time being on set, and it was like, Yeah, I want to be an actor so bad. How can you help me out? So we in like the 14th hour, and they're like, I'm ready to go home. And people just start disappearing, you know, and people literally having to go find people because they they in their cars, you know, after the break and ready to go home. And, you know, if I knew y'all had to go through all this, then I wouldn't be here. So, you know, it's definitely people think the finished product, it looks easy. But all the hours of hard work and preparation, and they have no idea. You know, the, all the hours all the hours studying lines, like, you know, it's definitely a crap. I told a joke one time I was doing a radio show. I told a joke one time and this comedy guy, he was like, yo, let's make this into um, a sketch. He's like, I want you to actually act out the joke that you said. It was something that somebody actually did to me. And I was like, all right, cool. I thought this is my first time on camera. I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And mm-hmm. then when I realized, I'm like, 
I had to say it thing 47 times. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. hell no, nah. I never want to yeah. act again. That ain't for me. I'm like, why yeah. I got to say the same fucking joke? Like, say the same joke that many times. I got to get it from this camera, this angle, this angle. I'm like, yeah. man, that, that's why I, ever since then, I just never wanted to be, I always wanted to be behind the scenes. Never. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you somewhere where, um, where you can probably only shoot it one or two times and be done. Tyler Perry Studios. There's three cameras. <laughs> okay. I was not ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> so when I when, when he said action, it was three cameras following us. I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna get a second take. You know, we're gonna get to do this over. One and done. That was it. Oh. That was it. Three cameras. That's because it caught no. It, that's because it costs money. Every take yeah, is no, money. Tyler's oh. sticking that money in his pocket. He is like, hurry up! I got to yeah. shoot five more episodes this week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So whereas uh, like Lionsgate, um, they're gonna take the time. Maybe they'll position two cameras, um, but and, but they're gonna get it three different ways, you know. And that one scene may take like five hours, you know. And Tyler Perry just did it in ten minutes, twenty minutes, you know. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, yeah. that's why he pockets so much money. Yeah, for real. That's that's really true. The uh, average film shoots five pages a day. Mm-hmm. If you're rushing in your low-budget independent, they shoot seven pages a day. Tyler Perry will shoot an episode. In a day. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so is that a bad thing that he's able to do all that? It depends on the way you look at it. Yeah, I, I say that too. Like people, people that lines, they, they probably don't like it, you know, but then you got people, um, you know, on another side and, they may be amazed by it. 10 days to shoot a feature film. That's unheard of almost. Yeah, it's selling. I heard that he did a whole feature in like six days or something like that. Yeah, I it's think it was his boo or something like that. I think he did it. Like... For me as an actor, the issue comes in where I, I'm from a different time. Okay. And so we get paid per week or per episode. I get paid per episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we do an episode in five days, I get paid for that episode. The way I'm understanding, and he could have changed his structure now, but when he started, they were doing like week rates, right? Mm -hmm. But you shoot five episodes in a week. Actors are only getting paid for one episode, Mm -hmm. but not five. Oh, wow. For me, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, I can't take that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see. But yeah. for other people, and for a producer, on the producer end, that's amazing. Yeah, right. I'm sticking that budget in my pocket. Exactly. And doing, and doing another movie with it. Yes. So yeah, it yeah. just, and buying a house and a car. Yeah. So it just depends on how you look at it. Hey, what was it like uh, working with Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell is... Hands down, the funniest man on this side of the universe. Yeah, really? I, I don't Kevin Hart. Oh man, Kevin Hart. I'm sorry, man, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Will Ferrell is, and he doesn't, he doesn't even laugh at his own jokes, man. And then it's to the point to where, like, you, it feel like your stomach touching your back from laughing at him, and he, he don't break a, he don't even break like break his face structure, you know, and. Uh, Kevin Hart, he's just, you know, he's Kevin Hart. He's, he's funny, but Will's a different type of funny, you know? And, um, you know, I had a chance to actually, you know, talk to him and, you know, uh, we talked about, 
how he started up in New York on Broadway and stuff like that. And uh, how he made it down and started in movies and stuff like that. And it was it was a, it was a good talk, man. Uh, I never thought I had this. And I was actually a featured extra, believe it or not. You know, um, and then I spoke out of turn and I didn't tell nobody and I should have. But that's where I went into Man Down after that. After speaking with Etan Cohen, who's the director of uh, Get Hard, um, he gave me some jewels like take this into, into the next movie. And if you do it, make sure you tell somebody so they can get you the proper paperwork so they won't have to cover up your words. You know? um, but Will Ferrell is amazing, man. Kevin Hart, I, I think he's equally amazing. Uh, There's just two different sides of the spectrum. Um, and I, I can't take away from Kevin Hart's work ethic. I don't care if people say he's not funny. He's funny to me, but I don't care what if people say he's not funny. This man is one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood right now. So you don't get there by just being funny. Like your work ethic has to be sick and amazing, you know? So my hat's off to him because he does an amazing job all the way across the board. That's beautiful. You said this side of the universe, right? So I had this conversation with Soleil yesterday. Soleil is the girl who played Punky on Punky Brewster, just in case you So she's been my best friend since I was a little girl. And I said, you know, I'm kind of wondering if there's a parallel universe that goes on at the same time as ours. Like we can't be the only people here, right? Right, right. And it's like, you have to have that person that you can have a safe conversation with because other people will look at you like, yo, what kind of drugs is she on? (laughs) But I was outside just watching the rain and that was my thought. So I had called her and asked her. And then I hear you say on this side of the universe. So do you believe there is another side? Yeah, I do. Um, I just, I don't think we're one and the same. That's all. You know, I don't think that part has been discovered, but I think there's enough information to say that something else exists, you know? Yeah. Do you yeah. believe so too, Courtney? Do you, so do you think it's possible to like cross over and, and then if we do cross over, do we get to come back or is that what happens once we die? Do we end up in the other side? I don't think we'll cross over um, because if it was possible, it would have already been done. I feel like with all the gadgets and things we don't know about, and uh, it's kind of like the deeper and deeper you go into, it's still parts of the ocean that's undiscovered, right? Mm. If you take that and you put it into the universe, it's probably, probably still part of the universe that's undiscovered that we can only go so far into. You know, if you go that far, then maybe there is no coming back because we can't operate humanly in that element. You know, it's just same same way too deep into the sea. You know, you get too far down and, you know, objects don't work, you know, people don't work, stuff like that. You know, so I, I believe in time travel. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I just really believe in it. And it drives I mean, my wife. Back. I want to be a little boy again and start over. <laughs> it drives my wife crazy because she's like, you're sitting here trying to figure this out. But I'm like, I just really believe it is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm over here smiling because like, you know, that's the conversation that I would love to have with people. But then you get nervous because you don't want them to think that you're a complete weirdo. Yeah, that's what happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, some people you can't, I feel like you can't go that far with because some people, and like, no disrespect, but some people only dream and think so far. So 
if they only think that far, you look crazy to them because they only go this far. Yeah. So you are you are religious. Do you consider yourself religious? I heard you talk about God a few times. I love God. I, I don't make a I don't make a decision without praying first. Um, I'm not on the phone. Excuse me. I'm not on a Zoom conversation with you by accident. I feel like God has directed my footsteps. I felt like I, I feel like I have been um, obedient and followed Him after praying first. You know, so if I time travel back um, to this wouldn't happen without this, and it's everything that I prayed for first, then um, like it just it's like it lines up like the alphabet. You know, so I pray about it. I get my answer, I move that way, and boom, there's your next answer, you know? Or there's your next, you know, piece of direction in the GPS, you know? Who's your favorite actor? My favorite actor, um, Denzel Washington. I know that that seems kind of, what do you see, uh, generic, I guess, or everybody like Denzel, but there's, there's something in the craft that connects me to Denzel. Um, his everything is, is just, it's just beautiful to me. Like I, when I was in New York Film Academy in LA and the other actors that I was in class with, they put me, like, they was like, no, you gotta do something with Denzel. Do something with Denzel, do something with Denzel, you know? But I love Denzel and I'll take his monologue, but I won't do it like him. I'll do it in my own way, but he inspired me to do it in a way that makes my character, the character that I want to put into it come out, you know, but I, I absolutely, I absolutely love him, um, but the guys that fall in line with him, uh, Will Smith, Jamie Foxx, um, uh, what's his name, um, um, he's doing it right now, he's actually like doing a really, really good job uh, from Louisiana. What's his name? Uh, Captain America, or the black guy. Oh, 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 I know who you're talking about. I don't, I can't think of his name. Hold on, I'll look it up real quick. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't think of him, uh, those guys, um, I, I love all of those guys. But I, I studied Denzel movies to see how he derived. And um, if you go all the way back to Fallen or Glory. Denzel was Denzel wasn't Denzel. He was always Denzel, but he wasn't the Denzel today that he is today. Right. Um, so he was building. So I'll go all the way back in time and watch him as a young man making his name for himself. And if you follow the path, man, it's just it's greatness on top of greatness. And you know, pretty much it comes from studying the craft and just staying, just staying in it consistent. Mm. Anthony Mackey. That's him. Love that guy. Yeah, he's doing his thing. You know, you talk about Denzel, and I love the fact that you said that you make his monologue your own because Mm -hmm. Denzel has the same voice. Yeah. He has the same face. Mm -hmm. He doesn't change so much. But when anybody mentions his name, you think of 30 different characters. Yeah. (laughs) Like it doesn't. Yeah, for me, it's like the Bone Collector, John Q, Malcolm X. I mean, and he, so many people 
don't he really transforms into those people like he not even light skin but he was Malcolm X and when you think of Malcolm X you think of him and Denzel right exactly Um, what do you do to prepare yourself to transition into different characters like as such I learned the backstory. I want to know what people, I want to know what everybody said about that character. Um, not not his wife or not his best friend um, or not just his wife or best friend. What do the people in the community think of him? Um, uh, the people that work with him, what do they think of him? What's his story? You know, what's his reason for being the way that he is? You know, uh, do he suffer from anything? If so, how do those people act? And when you go do your homework and do all those things, you put them all together and, well, I put them all together and I form what I think is the best possible way to put this person into the universe. Yeah. So it's almost like doing all your homework and uh, dying your eyes and crossing your T's and saying, okay, this is how I'm going to make this person. Not asking nobody for permission to make this person that way or this way. Because nobody's created the same. I don't care if you got, you know, uh, some kind of illness or uh, mental state that's like somebody else's. No two of you act the same. So it's not written in cursive or English or Spanish that you have to be this certain type of way. But after I do my homework and I say this is how I want to make this character, my only notes are going to come from the director and somebody else after that. You know, so I, I feel like I'm still coachable, but... After I do my homework, this is the way I want to present this character. Did someone teach you that, or you just that's just something you? Man, books back there. Um, just I was in New York Film Academy. Um, I'll say when I went to New York Film Academy, I learned a very little bit, but I, I feel like the little bit that I learned was very uh, instrumental into into um, my becoming. You know, so um, I'm, I'm I am a self taught actor, and I did go to New York Film Academy only to to kind of like. You know, you fix a birthday cake, then you put the candles on top of it, and you light it, and you blow it up. The candles on top was New York Film, Film Academy because, like, nobody was willing to give me nothing. Um, uh, like, I had to find, like, teachers, and then are these teachers, are, can I trust these teachers to teach me? You know, that's the thing, you know? Or <laughs> should I just get background extra and go be a feature extra and go try to book the roles and then figure out how this thing goes, you know? And I did a little bit of both. So it really comes from just digging in, man, just YouTubing and uh, following the guy. You can love Denzel, but if Denzel doesn't, um, where's my word? Uh, He doesn't, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to find. Resonate. If he doesn't resonate with you, then it's hard for you to learn from him. So you need to pick somebody that you can learn from, you know? Right. So that was my thing. And you got to be willing to do all this stuff. Nobody got a gun in my head saying, hey, you need to go find out what you need to do. You need to go find out how you're going to make this character. You need to find out how to be a better actor. No, you got to do this stuff on your own, you know? And hey, you know who else you could play? Um, the, Man, uh, go ahead. I'm going to hear this. Chad Johnson. No, I never heard that one. Never Ocho heard that. Cinco? He looked just like Ocho Cinco. No, I never, never heard that. I've heard Jamie Foxx, um, Mike Tyson, which I have done a Mike Tyson audition twice. twice. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, Michael Strahan, Nelly. Strahan, yeah, but you looked like o- Ocho Cinco, yeah. Man, I've heard a lot of people I look like, man. Me but too. I'm 
I said, man, I must belong in Hollywood somewhere because y'all know a lot of people and I look just like them or similar to them. I have a question. So I, as I've gotten older, I start making notes on my scripts now, but I never did when I was younger. I guess my memory was better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, are you one of those actors? Because I'm always like so intrigued because I, I didn't really take acting classes. I do teach them now, but I don't know the methods and stuff like that. But sometimes you look at people's scripts mm-hmm. and it's like textbooks, like they have all these notes and highlights. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, what does all that mean? I don't even know that if I got in there with the script like that, with all these notes, I think it, I'd be distracted because I'd be like looking at everything. Are you one of those that like highlight and notes everywhere? Nah, um, I think what I would do is um, the questions that I have about the script and some words that I would change to help my memorization or either just feel better to flow. I think I would make a note of those changes and then have a conversation with the director or um, the writer if we're, you know, in if it's possible, if not just the director and see if those changes could be made. And if not, then I figure out a way to make it come through the way that they would like it to. But no, nah, that's only going to throw me off more making notes. And so now I got to make notes. Um, like I could rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, but then um, when I start putting action to the character, that helps a lot because um, I need my words, I need my actions to match my words. So when I bring both of them together, I feel like I perform a lot better. So I go through the process of getting to know it first. Then I walk around putting the action in and I'm always open to the notes though. I need the director's, yes, let's do this. Let's do it this way. Let's switch it, you know? Right. so. My notes are lame, dude. My notes are like when the director tells me something and sometimes I'll like underline a word. You know what I'm saying? If they want that word emphasized or like there's a little X or a cross right here to remind me, get up off the couch and cross around, you know, around the other way. Like those are my notes. Stand up like there's a little thing. Oh, okay. But anything beyond that, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I try to keep it as simple as possible if I can. But what I do, um, I try to keep my own little notebook regardless of getting the script the day of uh, when we when I arrive on set. I try to keep my own notebook um, because sometimes I feel like I, this scene is down pat. Let me go on to the next scene to make sure I'm, you know, ready for the next scene or tomorrow or something like that. So um, I keep my own notes for that reason. My own notebook for that reason. Question for both of you. Have there ever been a role that you really, really wanted that you didn't get? Yeah, it just happened to me, actually. Well, I don't, I don't know if I got it yet or not, but uh, it's been it's been like three weeks now. So uh, sometime they'll come back around like months from now because something happened with casting and be like, yeah, we want you for the role. Mm-hmm. I've had two. Um, I really wanted to do Baby Boy. And oh. so I saw it. Okay. Baby boy was not my job. That was Taraji's job. Yeah. I wasn't sucking my thumb like that. I wasn't talking like that. When I saw it, I was like, oh, she did that. Oh, oh you tried out for that? Yeah. yeah. Which part? Taraji's part? Yes. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, that was not that was not my part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was Taraji's part. 
because there's no way I would have ever done it the way she did it. She did it way better than I did and totally different. My take was different. And then I really wanted the cookout because I wanted to work with Queen Latifah, but Megan Good got it. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, that, that, that wasn't my job. That was, that was Megan's job. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. So yeah, that's when I learned that you know, and it was the only times I ever th- I think I like really wanted something and I didn't get it. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's not your pat. That's that was God meant for them to have that because they did. Yeah, that. I, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, and I was proud of them. Those was like my sisters. I'm just yeah. amazed. I'm just amazed that you even got a chance to try out for that. That's that's amazing. Like. How does that? How does that even work? And both of you guys can answer. Like, how does that even work? Like, did you get the trial for that role? I just there's a casting call, and they look for black women between the age of whatever and whatever. I don't know how old I was then. Not that I'm trying to hide my age, but that's who you would go. You know, anytime that I go on audition, there's some people that I expect to see, and I'm so ex- like it's almost like a reunion. Sometimes it's like Gabrielle Union will be there. Um, I might see Megan Good there. Christina Milian is one of those people that'll walk in. And um, Taraji's a little bit older than me, I think. So I don't really see her often. You know, like I don't, I, but I think like when Taraji goes, she probably sees like the Vivica Foxes, the Jasmine Lewis. Like, you know, there's only so many of us that are in the age groups. Right. That's something like your agent is like, I'm just amazed by the whole business. That's just amazing. Okay. So yeah, I get what you're saying. So what you do, you have to find an agency first Um, to have a reputable agency. You have to have some good work um, to show your range of an act as an actor. Um, And that was my problem in the beginning. That's a long story too. But um, the agency was telling me that I needed more work. And when I tried to find more work, they was like, how you get our number, um, you, an agency is supposed to submit you. You don't just, you know, call and get the breakdown, you know? So, uh, I was like, I was in between a rock and a hard place, but knowing the business now, you need an agency to submit you. Um, they submit your headshot. If they like your headshot, they give you the opportunity to audition. If you rock the audition, you kill it. Not a lot of times they give you what you call a callback. You get a call back and you have to do the same thing again. This time you're in front of the directors, the writers, probably the producers. Um, and you do the same thing over again and you just try to knock it out of the park again. You ain't going to know nothing. They might not pick you. They might pick you and it's going to drive you crazy if you really, really care, you know. But don't let it drive you crazy. No, don't let it drive you get One job out of a hundred. Exactly. And it's a cutthroat business. So, um if you if you if you if you go to sleep with it, then you ain't gonna go to sleep, you know. So it's just one of those things you just gotta do it and you gotta let it go, you know. Mm. But after that, when they book you for the role, <laughs> it's, it's easy after that. Adrian, have you ever been like at one of those casting or casting calls or whatever and seen like the type of people Cherry says she so yeah. like Yeah, like, um I was actually I think I, I don't care about nobody else. I was actually really um surprised that when I walked in the door, Mario Van Peebles was back there um, <laughs> waiting on me to audition. And I was, I was almost, I was just ready to do it in front of somebody just that I didn't, you know, recognize. But he was sitting back there waiting on us to audition. And I, well, read our audition. Uh, and I was, I think I messed it up because I was like, 
shit, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> you know, and I, I was young too. I think that was like 2016, maybe, you know. So uh, but but now, man, now I'm like, yo, let's let's get it. Like they called me for a reason, you know. So I'm gonna go in and do this shit and I'm gonna rock it. And I'm gonna wait on the call because they gonna go, you know, that's the attitude to go in with, you know. Manifestation. I was yeah, trying yeah. not to say it again, but there is a there's a pattern that you see with successful people and people who are living in their purpose. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and I say this like every show, because it's not a coincidence. I want you guys out there who want to do something in your life to get it. Right. Manifest your own destiny. That's exactly. what you've definitely done. Yeah, the mouth is powerful. Well, let me ask y'all this. Let me get, get some personal. I'm listening to both of you all talk. Am I cut selling myself short by saying, what I don't want to do because what I really like to do is like what I'm kind of doing now, but I don't want to say what I, am I, am I selling myself short by saying, yeah, I don't want to do that. Cause I'm working with an actor, actress every, every week. Am I, I, sell- I say stuff, you know, somebody, they came at me the other day. Right. And these, these are like the opportunities that come to you when you're an actor. They said, cherry celebrity boxing is big and the bag that you bring home is big. And I said, Okay. Oh, they want you to. Oh, okay. So, that, but it has to, for me to take a job or anything, it has to make sense. So, you want me to get naked in the scene. What's my purpose? Why does she have to be naked? Right. So, you want me to get in this boxing rank? And I said, I have a question. And I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell this, but how does that go with Cherry Johnson brand? Because after 37 years, it's definitely about a brand. Yes, the money grab might be good. Is that the pitch? Yeah. Or like, how does Punky's friend get in the boxing? I don't get it. But yeah. I am a nutritionist. I'm a certified nutritionist. It's my side hustle. So am I the nutritionist for the fighters? Or am I showing that through my nutrition journey, I stay in good shape for a 45-year-old woman? And that's why I'm fighting? I said, I don't know. I'm going to have to sleep on this. And then I got another phone call talking about, dude, the bag is at least a million dollars. Go ahead and box. Okay. They're like, you're not going to hurt your face. Okay. But I'm still trying to make it make sense with the brand. Like, I didn't do Dancing with the Stars. Unless they let me dance with Waldo, I didn't mm-hmm. understand how it made sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so do you have that, like, things that come to you and you're just kind of mm-hmm. Yeah. And as much as you like a lot of people, as much as you want to help people because they feel like um, maybe they feel like you owe them for whatever reason or, you know, uh, or you're just a good person and they they think you would do it for them and it would be great for them. Doesn't mean it is great for you. You know, so a lot of times you you dumb yourself down and you down yourself back by trying to be good to other people when you really got to protect your brand. So um, same thing with Denzel. Denzel wouldn't be Denzel without strategic movement along the course of his weight. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, you, you definitely get, I feel like you have to be picky and choosy about what you decide for yourself because other people are going to do what they want to do with you. It's up to you to have a that strong mentality, no matter the dollar amount, to yeah. say, this doesn't make sense for me. In two years, this may put me just as far as back as I just, I took the time to get up, you know? So 
it's very, very important uh, just to not be against man to every opportunity that comes along. And I had to learn that early on. Um, and that's probably one of the most important things that I've learned. And you also asked a question about you want to do this, you want to do that. So my question to you is, what is it that drives you that you feel like is your passion where you don't feel like you're at work? Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, so whatever that is, you'll never lose at it. You'll never lose at it because the first thing is your passion. You wake up and do something for somebody else because you get paid for it, not a passion. The passion is going to keep you motivated to, I got to do this. You know, I want to do this. I love doing this. And nine to five, you're going to do this because you're getting paid. You're going to do what? You're going to do it. Um, um, just, just what do you call it? Just above the bar. Just above the bar. Whatever the, the bare, bare, bare minimum right, is. Right. Passion, you're going to knock that shit out of the park every time you get a chance at it because that's what you love doing. What you love so, doing. Denzel said it too, and I know I can say this nigga name like a million times, but true desire in your heart to do anything good is God's proof sent to you beforehand that it's already done. So if it sit there on your chest, you know, and you really want to do it, like you, the reason you ain't doing it, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, and I tell people this all the time, man, like I don't believe at 34 years old right now in life that I will ever do anything for anybody else, you know, because outside of what my heart is connected to, you know? I, everything that I do with, I get a, I still go cut grass and stuff. I do it because I love doing it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can pay me to cut your grass, but I can equally do it for free because I just love doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's my pastime, it's my mental health, you know? It's like, you know, just, you know, it gets me through the day, you know? I act because I love it, like I can quit today, you know? If somebody was making me doing it, making me do it, I would never be on TV because nobody's that good. I don't feel like if you just get made to do something, you got to really love this stuff to, you know, put your foot forward and, you know, be your best at it. So, um, yeah, man, the, the, the passion, the purpose, and like God never put it, he'll never put that passion in your heart without giving you everything it takes to complete it. It's connected to you for a reason. So, right. No, I sound like T.D. Jakes, but I'm on. No, that's real. It's real talk, brother. That's real talk. Real. Real talk. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, uh, sir. Is there anything else that you want everybody to know before you go? Um, no, I, just, I, I would say to everybody that uh, if you are chasing a dream, don't let the naysayers or non-believers uh, just, just make you feel like you're disqualified or not qualified enough. Uh, everybody, every great person has started somewhere at the beginning to get even Beyonce, believe it or not. She started somewhere to be as great as she is today. So um, if you choose not to do what you want to do, then that's a you choice, you know? But you can also decide to do what you want to do and not ever feel like you have to work again or day in your life. Like stay true to yourself, stay active uh, in what you believe in, and I promise you, God, I got your back. I love that. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure meeting you, sir. Hey, likewise, my brother. Yeah. What up, Cherry? Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world.